Thanks for joining us and supporting Vikido Fitness. We ask for your continued support by becoming an It's All About Health and Fitness premium member. Go to www.vikidofitness.com forward slash join. Again, that's www.vikidofitness.com forward slash join and register for a $6 monthly subscription. And remember, keep listening, sharing, and checking us out. The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about living your best life in spite of challenges and difficult circumstances. How can we rise above those things and actually choose to be content and even happy? How can we find the strength and live our lives anyway? Joining us is Tanisha Glover, a professional poet and author of her new book, Tears of a Hummingbird. She will tell her story and talk about finding how to find our inner strength and courage to move forward and to live a life of success and fulfillment. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now, here's your host, Vicki Doe and D. Banks Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe, and with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks Bright. So, how are you? Hey, I'm doing <laughs> great. Vicki, how are you doing? I am doing fine. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. And yeah. today, you know, it's a little bit gray, and I don't know, but hey. I know, but you know, it's eerily warm outside. Yes, it I is. I walked outside to mm-hmm. put my garbage cans down, and I was like, huh, I don't really need a coat. No, so I just got a jacket. Strange going on. Yeah, it's something strange. strange. Yes. Something very strange, because... Tomorrow there'll be eight feet of snow, so don't the, get it twisted. The, right, we'll get we'll, we'll get we'll get hit upside our heads, huh? Oh yeah, <laughs> don't, don't get it right. Oop, upside your head, like that, <laughs> man. Say yeah, yeah. But we are here, yeah. right? We are here. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Today, this is our 220th episode, and today we are talking about living, living your best life in spite of the challenges and your circumstances that may come your way. And so how can you be happy? That's the question. How can you be happy and live your best life despite of your challenges? Now, some of us have faced and are living with challenging um, circumstances that are most of the time out of our control and they can bring us down. You know, Folks are going through bankruptcy. We got divorce. We got discrimination. That happens a lot. Racial discriminations and other type of discrimination. Then there's death in our family, maybe lack of money, um, abuse, you know, and the list just goes on. But we can we can rise above those things and can actually choose to be content 
and even happy. And so when you look at the, because I've talked about this over and over again in a lot of our programs and presentations, and we talk about the field of positive psychology that was pioneered by Dr. Martin Seligman, and he looks into how and what makes people happy. And he wanted to use scientific, the scientific methods to research this. What Dr. Seligman found was that the most satisfied, upbeat people were those who had discovered and exploited their unique combination of signature strengths. So what are your strengths? All of us have them, you know. If you look and study Dr. Seligman's research and work, he provides a mental toolkit to achieve what he calls the pleasant life or the good life by enabling people to think constructively about their past, gain optimism and hope for the future, and as a result, gain greater happiness in the present. And so he admonishes, he shows us the first step is learning how to deal. We all need to learn how to deal with the past with forgiveness and gratitude. And then the second step is to savor experiences now, those experiences that are happening now, and use mindfulness as ways to increase happiness in the present, being in the present. And then the third step would be to, when we're looking at our future, then let's have an outlook of hope and optimism. There are several steps that can be done for all of this. Guess what? We have joining us Tanisha Glover, a mom, educator, professional poet, and author of her new book, Tears of a Hummingbird. Tanisha will share with us her story and why she decided to write this book. And most of all, she will talk about how all of us can find inner strength and courage to move past our circumstances and start living our best lives moving forward. So what do you have to say, Dee? I'm excited to hear her. This is going to be great. Yes. And another and another young person. Yay. Yay. Another young person <laughs> out there doing what they do, exactly. right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So make sure, folks, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. It's all about health and fitness. Vicky Doe Fitness on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or on any of the platforms that you listen to your podcasts. When you subscribe, you will be notified first when we post a new show. You will be able to listen, learn, and experience our shows where we bring in we bring in guests and we talk about the things that are important for our health and our well-being and for our community. And as you know, we don't just talk about physical health. We talk about things that we can do to preserve our uh, mental health as well. We believe in total well-being, having a holistic approach to healthy living. So make sure, make sure you do not miss any of our shows and subscribe today. And last but not least, go on Apple Podcasts and rate us um, or where any any of the platforms where you can rate our show and give us a five-star review because that is how we grow and increase our listeners. And we appreciate you. And as always, what do we say, D? Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Well, yes, it is gray and dreary. And like you said, you know, it's a little bit kind of eerie because it's it's kind of warm. 
Yeah. yeah it's kind of warm. It's unusually warm. I didn't even look to see what the temperature was, but, you know, I expected when I went out there this morning to be ducking. And, uh, you know, no. So I, I don't know what's going on. I heard that there was a, you know, last week, I think we were all taken off guard uh, by that snow. I know, right? I know. I don't know about you, but I was completely taken off guard. I know. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we we shall see with our weather. Our weather has always been wishy-washy anyway but yeah i was just looking vicky i'm looking and i'm right it's 68 degrees outside ah no wonder that's why it feels eerie yesterday the top was 45 mm-hmm. today it's 67 it's almost kind of unnatural you know, I know. like the, the flowers like you might start seeing some flowers blooming it is weird it's very, very weird, weird. Yeah, it is. It is weird. But, hey, yeah. it is the end of the year, and I'm... Well, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to complain. I took my garbage cans out without putting on my coat, so that's good. That's good. And so I'm trying yeah. to get ready for the end of the year because it's coming upon us. The holidays are coming upon us very quickly, you know? So how was your week then, D? How was your week? That was good. Uh, I worked. Okay, um, okay. I- I think I saw your honey sweet over the weekend. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, because he's, he's, he's back in the hospital. Yeah, he's back in the hospital. Because we usually follow each other. You know, it's Doe and Banks, Doe and Banks, Banks and Doe, Doe and Banks. <laughs> 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 I mean, we have the same patients. It's Banks and Doe, Doe and Banks. <laughs> and, um, but Sunday uh, went up to Cleveland, and, of course, the weather was terrible. Mm-hmm. We saw another nice concert with this group that I follow around called Apollo's Fire. It's a, it's a group of, uh, of, of string instrument people. Okay. And they play a lot of the old instruments from Baroque times. Okay, wow. So it was at St. Paul's Episcopal Church, which is a beautiful church in Cleveland. So, uh-huh. yeah, it was just uh, something to do. Yeah. yeah. We went to dinner at Hyde Park. Okay. I've been there for a long time. Okay. Um, and that was nice, just to kind of chill and relax. And then back to Gotham City. Back to gray and dreary. <laughs> back, back to gray and dreary, yeah. Back to being a pumpkin. That's it. Yeah. That's back it. Back to being a pumpkin, yeah. So what is going on this week, D? Everything, Vicki. Everything. Yes, yes, yes. And so I wanted, we, we always try to do what kind of month this is. And so this month is American Diabetes Association, and this month is American Diabetes Month. And so we are, you know, really trying to to um, spread health, health awareness about, you know, diabetes. And so the American Diabetes Society um, Association, or their goal this time, their slogan this time, it says, the big step up. So what are we doing? We're taking the big step up against diabetes. And so they want us to come join um, them. And that's their diabetes association to take your health into your own hands through awareness, detection, management, and learning to thrive despite your diabetes. They go on to say that diabetes is a constant battle, not only for those diagnosed, but for their loved ones, the caregivers, and healthcare providers. And with the guilt 
the blisters, the numbers, the sleepless nights. It's no wonder it seems impossible that there are good days ahead. But now is the time. They're encouraging folks to, it's time to take charge of your health because your best days are yet to come and still to come. According to the American Diabetes Association, type 2 diabetes is, yes, the most common form of diabetes. And it means that your body doesn't use insulin properly. And while some people can control their blood sugar levels with the healthy eating, things that we teach here, healthy eating and exercise, others still may need medication or insulin to help management, to manage it. And so regardless, you do have options and the American Diabetes Association, they're here to help you with the tools and resources so that you can get that support. And so they're admonishing you to remember that a key part of managing type 2 diabetes is maintaining a healthy diet. And you, if you need to eat something sustainable, you do need to eat something sustainable that helps you feel better and still makes you feel happy and fed. And they're encouraging folks to remember, especially if you're type 2 diabetic, it is a process. There's diet plans. There's helpful tips that best suit your lifestyle. All of that, you can find that information on their website. But they're also encouraging you to consult with your physician, but also have them refer you to a registered dietitian so that they can work with you on your nutritional intake. They also stress that fitness is another key um, factor in managing type 2 diabetes. And the good news is that all you have to do is like we always say, get up and get moving. That's all you have to do. (laughs) But But they're also emphasizing this time, which I thought was very interesting on their website. They're talking about how that the current health pandemic And it's disproportionate toll on minority, um, low income and historically underserved American. Um, It did shine a light on, you know, the historic systemic inequalities in American health care. And so now they're saying, look, it is time for health equity now. So they got the health equity bill of rights and this bill envisions a future Without unjust health disparity, it ensures that um, the 122 million Americans living with diabetes and prediabetes, along with the millions who the millions more who are at high risk for diabetes, no matter their race, their income, their zip code, their age, their education or gender, they will get equal access to the most basic of human rights their health. And so you can find out all of this information that I've been talking about. Just go and visit the website www.diabetes.org. So what do you have to say, Dee? What do you say? So what I have to say, Vicki, is this is great. Uh, As I have told you, and as you know from your honey sweet, diabetes is in epidemic proportions in this country. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we certainly found out through COVID that and, and uh, diabetes uh, certainly, you know, and, and obesity go hand in hand. And we know now that obesity is one of the major risk factors. So this is great. Uh, the Health Equity Bill of Rights is wonderful. Um, it's a great, um, you know, 
uh, plan to deal with one of the major health care disparities in this country. Okay, yes. And I think I'm I'm glad that they are, you know, um, looking because, you know, we, we are definitely in there when it comes to yeah. having type 2 diabetes, you know, African-Americans, you know, time. big yeah. time. Big yeah, time. Big I time. am glad that they are continuing to, to have these initiatives and health awareness out there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you know, every episode we try to do some health tips and, you know, the holiday season is coming upon us and it's going to be a lot of eating. We're going to be eating oh, from yeah. from Thanksgiving all the way to the oh new year. God. Constant eating. Yes. Yes. We're going to give you some health tips and this is te- tips for a healthier holiday season. And this was on our website. You can find it, Vicky Doe Fitness, uh, written by Health Day News. And it says, give your heart the gift of healthy eating the suggestions by the American Heart Association. Here are some suggestions for healthy eating during the holidays. Number one, reduce sodium salt by using more herbs and spices such as rosemary and thyme to or thyme some people say thyme or thyme to flavor your meals number two choose nutritionist snacks like popcorn number three when grocery shopping look for products with american heart association's heart check on it their check mark on it number four and last but not least during the holiday seasons it's also important to find opportunities to practice gratitude and to meditate. Managing stress benefits your mind and heart. And that's so true. You know, the holidays can be very stressful, you know. Suicide are big during that time and so forth. So very, very stressful. And that's one of the times that people do their stress eating. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. These are some health tips for you to think about. And yeah, try to manage your stress and take time to breathe and meditate um, as we, you know, get ready to go directly into this holiday season for the year 2021. Yes, yes, yes. So what's the latest, D? Well, the latest is there is a new pill. Well, first of all, the, today Pfizer has, is, has come to the, um, going to the FDA to present their information about hoping to get boosters approved for everybody, number one, and I'm definitely in favor of that. Number two, we're still ongoing with uh, vaccinations for children ages 5 to 11, and that seems to be going well. I talked to a lot of my colleagues who are uh, pediatric colleagues, and that seems to be going well. Number three, there's a new pill mm-hmm. that uh, Pfizer is going to be presenting to the FDA. Um, it called tax lovid interestingly enough it's ritonavir which is a drug that we used years and years ago for hiv disease which i hate to say had some side effects so it's going to be interesting to see how this drug is marketed and how they position this drug okay and it was found in clinical trials to decrease the risk of hospitalization and death by 89 percent compared to placebo so the data looks good it's just that since I'm familiar with this drug, I definitely want to see the side effect profile uh, when they roll this out. Okay, wow. So the holidays are coming, as you said, about eating, but okay. we also have to remember that we might be done with COVID, mm-hmm. but COVID is not done with us. So get your boosters and continue to wear your mask. All right, that's it. Well, thank you, Dee. You're welcome.
Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Vicki Haywood-Doe. I just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show. It's the company I own, Haywood-Doe Consulting Co., doing business as Vicky Doe Fitness. We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology-based fitness wellness programs, initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare professionals based out of Northeast Ohio, and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, get in touch with us at info at To find out more about our own site and online programs and services, go to vikidofitness.com. And now back to the show. Well, today we talk about living your best life in spite of challenges and your circumstances. Dr. Seligman, the pioneer of positive psychology, has said that in order for us to move forward and gain optimism and hope, the first step is to learn how to deal with the past with forgiveness and gratitude. That may involve writing in a journal or writing a book. We all have had challenges in our lives, whether it is a divorce, discrimination, or abuse. And so the question is, how are we dealing with those challenges each and every day? Well, joining us is Tanisha. Tanisha Glover, a professional poet and author of her new book, Tears of a Hummingbird. Tanisha will share with us her story and what inspired her to write this book. And she will talk about how all of us can find our inner strength and courage to move forward and live our best life. So let's listen to the interview with Tanisha Glover. Now here with us today is Tanisha Glover, a mom, educator, professional poet, and author of her new book, Tears of a Hummingbird. Tanisha, who is affectionately known in the writer's world as Nene Marie, is a first-generation college student who attended Kent State University, where she received her bachelor and master's degree. Since then, Tanisha has devoted her time to serving in the field of education to assure academic success for youth. As such, she continues to be an advocate for higher education opportunities in the inner city and black communities. Currently, Tanisha is a coordinator and academic advisor at Cleveland State University, where she coordinates the College Credit Plus program for undergraduate and first generation college students. And today, Tanisha will share with us her personal story and discuss her inspirational book and how it speaks to the inner courage needed to break free from challenging life obstacles and struggles from our past and finding the inner strength and courage that we all possess to start living our best life in 
the present. So how are you, Tanisha? What's going on? (laughs) I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I am so happy to be here. I love doing podcast interviews. All right. What about you, Dee? (laughs) Yeah, welcome. Yes. Thank you. Well, you are a first-generation student. Now, you were a college student at the time. You're, you're, you're finished college now because when I met you, you know, you were a graduate assistant and you helped me. Yes. You helped me with the out of diversity, remember, with Daniel finding your niche, that program. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> So, I remember that. Yeah, so it's it's very it's very cool to see how you guys have branched out and grown up and doing your thing. And so, yeah, you're a first what what they call a first generation college student. How has being a first generation college student helped you in your position as a coordinator and academic advisor at Cleveland State? in your academic success, but also how does that help you um, relate, you know, to the students that you are helping? I am a first-generation college student graduate, Mm -hmm. um, meaning that neither my mom or my dad has went to college and obtained at least a bachelor's degree. So navigating the college experience was very new and very difficult at times. But I did it. I graduated with my bachelor's. I went back and got my master's as well. And now I get to serve college students. Some college students that I'm serving are also first-generation college students. So it definitely helps me to relate to those students. I know some of the struggles that they have. A lot of my students that I'm working with are still in high school, but they're taking college classes through the PCP program. Okay. And when I was in high school, I actually did a similar program. It was called PSOP at the time. Um, So I did a similar program that helped me get ahead before I even started college. So when I'm working with the students, it's very easy for me to relate to them. A student who did not know how to get to their college classes, have students who don't know anything about financial aid, don't know how to fill out a college application, and that was me not too long ago. Um, So those are just some ways that I relate to the students and make our relationships more personable. Well, I was just thinking, um, I had four children, and I remember I just couldn't imagine uh, people navigate, and I mean, I had difficulties navigating that. I think I put it out of my mind. What was the name of that form that you had to fill out for financial aid? The FAFSA. Yeah, I remember the FAFSA form. And I mean, thank God for you, because I always thought that would be a business for someone to do, because... That, I used to have to take a couple of days off of work to fill out that form. So, yeah, that, that, and you can't get any money at all without filling that out, right? Is it still that way? Right. It's a process. Uh, I worked at Glenville High School for two years in Cleveland, I know and Glenville. I helped a lot of the yeah. students and parents mm-hmm. get, yeah. um, get their FAFSA completed. Because, yeah, so it's, it's um, very helpful that folks, because I remember when we were doing one of our panels at our Healthy Heart, Healthy Living, and our, our focus was education. And one of the directors from Kent State, we go back way, way back. She's in the College of uh, Education, Health, and Human Services. And she was saying that her college experience, because none of her parents and family had gone, filling out just regular applications for all of these things was a hassle 
because they couldn't really help her. They didn't know the different terms and jargon and stuff like that. And so she was grateful when she could sit down with folks that can really um, help her just to fill out the different applications for that process, being a first-generation um, student. Kudos to to all of you guys. You know, they have a, a wonderful program, too, at Kent State, Cleveland State. Good for you guys that, you know, help and do that, you know? Definitely. Absolutely. There's definitely Absolutely. a lot of barriers. Yeah, there are a lot of barriers. And so moving on, you know, you write poetry. Tell us a little bit about your life and then why it was important for you to, you know, do poetry and storytelling. And then, of course, you know, what inspired you to write your book? Well, first thing, I always wrote poetry ever since I was a child because growing up I was very quiet, very shy and introverted. And I think as a child I wasn't encouraged to speak up and speak my mind at times. So I never really spoke up for myself. And I don't know about you, but in black homes, you kind of get punished for speaking up too much. You know, you can't really voice too much of how you really feel. So sometimes I would that be called? Would that be called talking back? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How dare you talk back, you know? So (laughs) we remember that. I was very afraid at times. So I began writing, so I wrote poetry. I remember all the way in fourth grade, I would write poems for journal time, and then we got to the point where the teacher would pick three or four people to share, um, and I would share my poems. But it's always been an outlet for me. Um, So that's where poetry comes into my life, even today. Mm -hmm. I'm not that good at verbalizing my thoughts, feelings, and emotions instantly. I have to sit with them first and marinating them, and then um, sometimes I write, and out of that, um, you get my poetry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. it's important, right, the storytelling and all that's important, and so what made you then take that big leap? Is this your first book, Tears of a Hummingbird? Yes, it is. So what made you take that leap then, you know, to do that? At the time that I started writing this novel, I actually intended it for it to be a short story mm-hmm. because I could never dream that little old me could write and publish a book. Okay. So <laughs> I intended it to be a short story. I was at the end of a relationship and I had a lot of pain growing inside of me. And out of that, my main character, Simone, was born. Um, I felt this character and she just kept speaking to me. Um, even when I was like out with friends or in my bed relaxing, it would be difficult for me to rest because I felt that I was obligated to finish her story. And I didn't stop until I was finished. I was, um, yeah. So that's basically where the idea of writing this book came from. So Series of a Hummingbird is a story about a woman named Simone, my main character, who is battling childhood traumas, generational curses, domestic abuse, mental health, all while attempting to raise her, her order and provide her with a life that consists of safety, security, happiness, pretty much everything that Simone did not have. But how could she provide her child with such foundation when she was still fighting her own childhood demons? So once you read a book, you will see how much the odds were stacked up against Simone, like so many individuals I know today. So this book is fictional, so it's not 
real life, but it's real life, if you will. I wanted to basically showcase strength and bravery in the struggle with a surprise ending that I think my readers will appreciate. Okay. Did you um, interview your friends? I'm trying to figure out where you got your subject matter from, um, you know, life experiences, talking to friends, hearing about things that happened to friends and family and so forth. So just kind of how, where did you pull that from? So most of what my inspiration came from was my own life and my mom's life. Okay. So Tears of a Hummingbird is a fictional novel that derives from some of my personal experiences and my mom's life experiences, um, which is why my book is actually dedicated to my mother. Okay. So my mother is one of the strongest people I know because she has survived so much trauma and pain such as rape, domestic abuse, and addiction. And unfortunately, as her eldest child, I witnessed some of the misfortune events that unfolded in her life. Okay. Um, even more recently, on July 1st of this year, right after my book launch, my mom was diagnosed with multi-organ failure. She was in a coma-like state for nearly two weeks. Mm, um, we oh were told wow. that she just had days to weeks to live. Um, oh however... Wow. It's been four months, and she's still here with us, and she's doing exceptionally well. And she actually just celebrated her 50th birthday, so still very oh, young. That's yeah, yes. I, yeah, definitely. It was. It's been a roller coaster. So I think I told uh, one of your staff members that when we were trying to schedule the interview, I think earlier. Yeah, it was with I was Yvonne. I was going through that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's truly a miracle. But my mom. I pulled a lot from her experience. Um, when I was younger, my mom was in a very abusive marriage, and mm-hmm. um, I definitely witnessed a lot of that because I was in a, the household. So the first chapter of my book is actually very true. I changed something, but okay. it's an actually true story that happened. How did your mom feel about you discussing all of this, even although in fictional form? What did she think about your book? So my mom actually have not read my book yet. Oh, ooh, okay. <laughs> she has a copy. Um, she knows that I pulled from some of the domestic abuse, um, mental health issues that she has faced. She understands that some of that is in there in fictional form. But she has a copy. She has not read it yet, though. So mm-hmm. I am looking forward to her actually reading the book and getting uh-huh. um, more feedback from her. But she definitely mm-hmm. supports uh, what she knows about the book so far. It is, even though it's a fiction and all of that, when people read it, you know, what what would you want them to get out of this book? You know, it is kind of, it's kind of spicy up in there. It's a little spicy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, I heard a Yeah, there's some spicy morning. parts. <laughs> there are, Tanisha, I went on um, <laughs> your, I went on uh, YouTube this morning and I saw the clip of you unveiling the front cover and back cover of your book and you had a young lady doing a reading and uh, yeah, it was it was a little it was spicy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was bold, very bold. Yeah, okay. Okay, that's what I said. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I wanted to be authentic, okay, and real. And like I said, from my own personal experience, life has not been sugar coated for me. 
Okay. So everything has been kind of out in my face, and I wanted to portray that in my novel. So there are some scenes that are very strong, what you would say, spicy. Okay. Um, but I thought that it was necessary in order to tell Simone's story, okay. which is actually, right. you know, some people's real story. Yeah. Um, right. So I didn't want to, to hold back too much. Okay. Well, and you're I'm, right. I mean, mm-hmm. you're right. People's true stories aren't, can't, aren't in real life sugar-coated, are they? No, they're not, unfortunately. I know, right? And so I think that it took a lot of courage for you to do that, to, to write Y'all young folks, y'all be doing all kinds of uh, uh, stuff anyway, you know. <laughs> and and that's, that's why I like hanging sometimes with y'all young folks, because y'all, y'all keep me on, on what's happening, you know, you know. definitely. Yes, yes. When it comes to your book, you know, you have some um, empowering strategies and tactics, you know, for people, you know, because of... Um, most of us in our lives, we have, you know, we have challenges and experiences that we are in now or we're about to be in or we're trying to overcome. And so based on you, just your thoughts and your inspiration, what would you say to encourage folks that are, you know, struggling and, you know, so that they can move forward to, to live their best life? What would you say to them? So first I want to say, Tears of a Hummingbird, I would say, is more of a motivational book. Okay. And I want to be motivated to become their own hero. So I think once readers actually read to the end of the book, they'll understand what I mean by that. Uh Uh-huh. But basically within the book, I do, even though it's a fictional novel, Mm -hmm. I do incorporate some strategies and tactics Mm -hmm. that my main character used when she is navigating um, some of these things like domestic abuse, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. So one of the main things is therapy. Yes. I am a strong, strong advocate of therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe that everyone should go to therapy, even if you feel that life is going good right now. <laughs> yes. um, or maybe you feel that you've been through some traumas in childhood, but you're an adult now and life is great. Um, or you may be going through some things um, at this current time. I already feel like therapy has helped me personally so much, um, and I wanted to incorporate that in my book because Mm I do want people to know that therapy can be life-changing. Oh, wow. Another thing Mm -hmm. that I incorporated in my book is surrounding yourself with positive friendships Mm -hmm. and relationships. Right. Um, I think that can have a tremendous impact on your mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely incorporated characters that were supporters of Simone, that were there for her, that was in her corner. Um, Even though she was going through a lot of trauma in her life, um, she had those healthy friendships. And one would argue that without those friendships, she may have not made it out. Right, right. And I also incorporate other things like a healthy diet. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself, I did the vegan diet for a while, and now I'm pescatarian. Yes, um, okay. But just having a healthy diet, I think, can also impact your mental health in a positive way, your mood. 
um, the way you feel about yourself, the decisions that you make, things like meditation as well. But I definitely feel like those are some of the strategies that can be very effective in your life, especially with dealing with such trauma. Um, Tanisha, I'm curious, and I don't want you to tell the book, you know, all the book, but why did you pick a, a hummingbird as a metaphor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. So basically what I wanted to show was that something so beautiful, something so innocent, something so natural could still succumb to some of the most evil that the world has to offer Mm. um, and still be in harm's way. But I also Mm -hmm. wanted to show that you can still survive it. So Mm -hmm. um, in the poem at the beginning of the book, it's basically an explanation of my title. Um, Mm. So in the poem, I describe a beautiful, vibrant hummingbird Mm -hmm. that has been harmed and hurt but at the end of the book the hummingbird is still flying mm-hmm. did not die mm-hmm. did not fall mm-hmm. it's still flying so um it's basically showing that you can survive um such traumas that you may come across in your lifetime mm-hmm. yes and so we we love that and the poem is is beautiful it's compelling and so yes I am so proud of you. You know you hey, you know I'm proud of you, my sister. <laughs> what do you do? How do you promote your book? I knew I knew you were asking me at one time when you saw my picture up there drumming and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think you were having, you know, like a, a poetry reading and stuff. Do you do you do that kind of stuff to promote your book? Well, how do you do? Yeah, well, um, at that time, I actually was working on my official book launch, which was June 25th. So I was just looking for some entertainment. Okay. Um, But we we did get some entertainment. But basically, I am a self-published author at this time. Okay. Um, My fiancé is also a self-published author, and he also has his own publishing business. So he really helped me out a lot with marketing my book. I mainly use social media. Okay. Um, I also use um, some cards that we print out and I pass out. Um, I go to different events in the city and I'll have my book set up. I do do poetry events. Okay. So sometimes I go to different poetry events and do poetry. Um, and then I'll sometimes have my book set up as well. My books are on Amazon. Um, you can find them at Walmart.com, Barnes & Noble, pretty much wherever they sell books and find Tears of a Hummingbird. All right. So anything That's else, great. Dee? What do you have to say, no, Dee? No, I'm, I'm very impressed. Uh, mm-hmm. Kudos to you for being, I, I like uh, Vicki said, very brave of you to do this and, you know, to step out there mm-hmm. on faith to, you know, write a book like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, kudos to you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yes. And so we're telling folks in, in, to get in touch with you. How would they get in touch with you on, on Facebook, Instagram? Give us some of that information. Yes. So you can get in touch with me on Instagram. My Instagram account, account is it's Nene Marie. So I-T-S Nene, N-E-E-N-E-E, Marie, M-A-R-I-E. So that's my Instagram. And then I do have a Tears of a Hummingbird Facebook account. So if you search Tears of a Hummingbird on Facebook, you can find me there. And lastly, I have a Gmail, 
authorninimarie at gmail.com. Um, you can definitely send me a message and find me there. All right. Excellent. So this has been a wonderful interview, and we thank you. We thank you for coming to be with us today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Now, this ends our show, D. Do we have some tips that we should share and think about? Yeah. I, you know, I, her interview was excellent. Um, I'm so proud of her as a young woman, African-American woman, who has gone out into the publishing world because it's not easy to get your book published. No, it's to not. find somebody to sponsor you. It's not easy at all. Um, and her subject matter is right on time. You know, with these are the times of, you know, domestic violence and women coming forward and she said her subject matter was drawn from her life experiences, her mom. She gave her mom a big shout-out mm-hmm. as friends. So, um, you know, kudos to her for having a book. She told us about, you know, the metaphor of the hunting, hummingbird, about how something so beautiful can still have trials and tribulations. So good for her. Yes, for her. I appreciate her. And like I said earlier, and, and we were talking about that earlier, it's nice. We, you know, we really love it to showcase our young folks that are, you know, doing wonderful and positive things. Don't you don't you love that? Absolutely. Absolutely do. Yes. Absolutely. Kudos to Tanisha Glover. Go you can go on Amazon in different spaces, um, Barnes and Nobles, all of that. Even her Facebook, find out more information, but you can get her book. And her book is Tears of a Hummingbird. Go and get that book and Kudos to Tanisha Glover. And as always, for more information, go to our website, vickidofitness.com. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, or just something to say, tweet us, email us, go on Facebook, and share with us your thoughts. You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks Bright. Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com. <laughs>